Father, you are our creator. We belong to you. You gave us life. You have the right to take that life. You have the right to give life. Lord, this is your time. This is not about us. This is about you. So I just pray that you would make it about that. In Jesus' name, amen. God's Word declares that Jesus wants to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. But there's a problem. Many of you are scared of the fire. You're scared of the fire. You've seen the fire destroy. But fire is a gift from God. Now there's a healthy fear of it. Um, Some of you don't fear the fire. You don't have a healthy fear. And you think that you can be your own fire. Both of those end in destruction. Right now, we sit in a warm place because of the gift of fire. But it's a controlled fire. It's a fire that you can't even see. If you were to walk back into one of our furnace rooms and take a plate off the furnace, you would see a tiny flame called a pilot. And because of that pilot, which ignites a source and a wind that blows, we sit here in warmth. You know, it's interesting when Pentecost came. There were tongues of fire above the people. Many of you are here in this building, in this warm place, because of fire. Again, you didn't see it, but when you started your vehicle up, you started a fire. And that fire brought you here. You need the fire. You need fire. You will die without the fire. You cannot produce your own fire. I was uh, at the men's retreat a couple weeks ago and Up front, they had this gas log. So I took the lighter and went up there and turned the gas on, and I was trying to light it. Nothing was happening. It was just stinking up the place. And then a wiser man named Matt Stanley came up, (laughs) and he lit the pilot. And once he lit the pilot, guess what? Woof! Up it lit, and the next thing you know, we're warm when we're shedding clothes. It felt good. When we try to provide our own fire, we end up with a lot of stink. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit. But the enemy wants you to fear that fire in an unhealthy way so that you just stay away from it. You know, another experience I've had with fire is a number of years ago, back when we lived in the parsonage, I was uh, burning some leaves. I wanted to get it done fast. 
So I threw some gas on those leaves. And I don't know what the connection here is. I'm not a scientist, but there was some water under these leaves. And that seemed to have something to do with this. But I lit those leaves, and I had done this before, no problems, okay? I mean, it, woof, you know, goes up quickly. Well, this didn't go woof. This went boom, like a shotgun. I mean, like a shotgun. And 30 seconds after that boom happened, Shane Smith rolled up. And I acted like I had it all under control, like uh, any red-blooded male. But uh, later I looked in the mirror, and uh, it had melted hairs on my mustache. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a healthy fear of the fire, okay? But what I want to share with you this morning is that fire, the fire that God gives is your friend and you need that fire. But what I also want to share with you is that if you don't choose to allow the fire of God in your life, the fire will eventually destroy you. But hear this, it's your choice. You get to choose. God's giving you this gift. And he's saying, I want to put this fire inside of you that will cleanse you. It will cleanse you and get rid of the things that are eating you away slowly. But if you say no to that fire, then eventually, guess what? What do you do with things that no longer serve a purpose and and is only harming others? You throw it into the fire and you get rid of it. That's what Scripture says teaches. But I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on the good part. So first of all, let's go to the Word. Uh, We're going to be in Matthew chapter 3 to start off with this morning. In Matthew chapter 3, I'm going to be in verse 7. And the scene here is John the Baptist. John the Baptist who had laid his life down for the Lord He was preaching a gospel of repentance because he was preparing the way for Jesus. If you do not understand that that you have rejected God and that you are messed up and you need help beyond what you can give yourself, you're not ready for Jesus. But if you're at the place that you finally figured out you are messed up and you can't overcome it yourself... I mean, it's not that you want to be, you know, there's this thing in you that God has put in you that that you want to be a loving person. You want to help others and so on. But there's this battle inside of you that, that keeps drawing you away from that and you find that you're harming yourself and others. Now, if you've come to that place that you've seen that and you are ready to say, I've had enough, then you are ready for Jesus. If you're not to that point, Jesus won't do you any good. Because you can't add Him to what you're doing. It's no good. So that's what John was preaching. He was preaching that. okay, Getting them to the point of repentance. And then Jesus was going to come. And Jesus was going to bring something. He was going to bring several things. So let's read in verse 7. There was a group around... um, around John, of uh, religious people, okay? These are, the, these are the church people of the day. These are the people that 
you know, are really proud that they're church people. And they walk around letting everybody know that they're church people. And, you know, they wear symbols on themselves that point out to others that they're church people, okay? They got bumper stickers on their vehicles. I mean, they are really proud. I'm a church person. And they're sitting around John the Baptist, and John's got a few words for him. He says, but when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptized, he denounced them. He said, you brood of snakes, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe. For we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. Now, we're going to read on, but I want to pause there just to to talk about what he's saying to them. They are claiming that they have repented. But he's saying this, if you've really repented and you've really given yourself to God, there's going to be proof in your life. So here's how this applies to us today. For them, they were saying that... um, We are descendants of Abraham. We've done what God has told us to do. We've been told to be circumcised and they had other things and we've done those things. And so therefore, we are children of God and we are safe. And what he's saying to them is this. You'll know if you're really children of God if you look at the fruit of your life. Now, here's where I want you to hear this, okay? Because you may hear the circumcision and all that, and you may say, well, that doesn't apply to me. Let's apply it to us. Here's the equivalent today. The equivalent today is, is that, yes, I'm sorry for, you know, myself. I do realize I've been messed up. And so I'm going to do some things that, you know, the preacher or somebody has told me to do, okay? He told me to say a prayer. Uh, He told me to, to get dunked. So I've done that and I'm going to try to attend church sometimes. If you think that that makes you a child of God, as in I've been adopted, I've given myself over, it does not. Now that is the path, okay? That's the path, but it doesn't. it's actually not the completed path. What you've done is that you've stopped short. Now here's the thing. It's not about you not wanting to be a better person and whatever. You want that. But hear this, you're not able to do it. Even if you've been dunked in water, you're not able to do it. There is only one way that you are able. And Jesus brought the answer. And He goes on and He shares it. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who's greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not even worthy to be a slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit 
and with fire. He is ready to separate the shaft from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the shaft with never-ending fire. There was a completed work that Jesus would bring. And that completed work was to baptize us with Holy Spirit and fire. That is the completed work we need. That is the pilot in the furnace that ignites the fire and allows your life to be used for good for others. But if you are scared of the pilot, you will die. You will die in your own sin and you will be destroyed. Do not let Pharisees and Sadducees of today scare you of the pilot. I know I sound a little mad here. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the religious element. I'm mad at it. God wants to give you a gift. The gift of Holy Spirit. And with Holy Spirit, you are able to produce fruit. You see, your life is able to be changed in a way that you stop doing things for yourself and you start laying down your life for others. Now, it doesn't just happen wham, bam, and there it's gone. It is a daily thing, as George addressed. It means first thing in the morning, getting up and starting it with worship. But if I end in worship there, just as he said, I mean, two miles down the road, I'm cussing somebody. I've got to continue it. It's got to be a continual thing of worship. Because here's the deal. I've got to surrender myself to the pilot. The pilot which is Holy Spirit to allow Him to set my life aflame so that I can be used for good purposes. But here's the problem. Some of us don't trust the pilot. We want to make our own fire. And it's in Isaiah, I believe is the book, where God says, those of you who make your own fire, you will be destroyed. We can't do that, okay? And so I want to go back and I want to put things in today's terms. Again, many of you who've been brought up in what I will term the evangelical church, you've been taught fear of Holy Spirit. That's bull, that's heresy, that is not the Word of God. You need Holy Spirit. Now, some of you who've been brought up in whether it's a Pentecostal, charismatic, whatever, some of you have been taught to use Holy Spirit for your own fire. You've been taught the Holy Spirit is just some gifts. No, He is not. Gifts are manifested through Holy Spirit, but He is much more. You cannot just use gifts for yourself. And part of the problem, the reason that evangelicals are scared is because you see so many people who claim to be filled with Holy Spirit and they're using Holy Spirit just for themselves. It's all about them and their glory. And so it turns them off. One of the examples that, that just a personal example beyond seeing things you know, on your TV. I mean, you turn on your TV and you'll see all kinds of people who claim to be filled with the Holy Spirit and they've got their name in big letters and down on the bottom they've got something that says Jesus. Because it's really about them. 
But I remember just a, a personal example that, that was really coming to mind as I was reading this. And it, it just to me, it was a person who, didn't, who wouldn't say yes to the fire, allowing God to cleanse them. I was doing an event with a uh, pastor who had uh, certain gifts from the Holy Spirit. And he was a pastor that would say, if you didn't have these certain gifts, you were not saved. Not only not even whatever, he would say, you are not even saved. And so in his mind, I was not saved. I was a, a scoundrel. But we were sitting uh, uh, in the back, and we were just kind of talking before this event that was going to be going on in which he would be preaching. And we're just kind of sharing, we're just kind of connecting, you know, heart-wise and so on. And in the middle of the conversation, I, for whatever reason, I, I brought up how, you know, the way my mind works, I'm not a person who usually quotes Scripture uh, chapter and verse just from memory. The way my mind works is uh, I think about, you know, for instance, the book of Romans. And I think, okay, Paul wrote Romans and he was writing to these people and he wrote about these subjects. And I remember in these chapters he wrote about this. And then I kind of narrow it down. That's how my mind works. I don't just go, oh yeah, Romans, what, you know, whatever. That, that's, that's not how it works. So I was just kind of sharing with him and we were just kind of connecting heart-wise. And then uh, later he's up preaching, and at this time I had little kids, and I remember I was kind of wrestling with them, you know, in the, in the uh, pews or whatever as he's speaking. And the next thing I know, he points to me and he says, what chapter and verse is that from, Pastor? I was like, are you kidding me? But here's the crazy thing, for whatever reason, it was one that I knew, and so I, I spouted it off. And I wasn't even paying attention, I was wrestling with my kid. But I was just like, are you kidding me? I just shared something with you and you tried to just totally demoralize me in front. What was he doing there? He was wanting to lift himself up and smash me down. Here's my point in this. That stuff happens all the time. Does that mean that Holy Spirit is not real? Does that mean that the, whole, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not real and that I should not pursue Holy Spirit? Absolutely not. It was a false fire. It was someone who wanted the gifts just for themselves. So whichever place that you come from, here's the deal. God wants to fill you. He wants to fill you. And you need to be filled. Because if you are not filled you will make everything about yourself. And that's what the Pharisees and the Sadducees did. They made everything about themselves. And here's the, the sick part. They didn't even realize they were doing it. They thought that they were trying to love God. They were constantly adding rules and regulations upon the Scripture because they thought that that, that showed that they really loved God. But the whole time they didn't get it. It was all about them having control. They wanted control. And so many of us, we will take the Scripture, just like them, but we don't want to give over control. So we don't want to give over the control of the Holy Spirit, but we take the Scripture, and so we try to you know, just pick out the guidelines, but then I get to be the guide of my life. I get to decide what job I take, who I marry, how many kids I have, what kind of car I'm going to drive, where I'm going to live, I get to decide it because it's my life. Well, no, it's not. It is God's life. And Holy Spirit wants to come in and He wants control of it all. 
He wants to tell you when and when you don't have a kid. He wants to tell you where you live. He wants to tell you what vehicle you drive. I'm not kidding. But you know what? You're not going to find that all in here. It's not going to tell you what kind of car to drive. You may try to find Chevy in there, but I don't think you can find it. I know of. <laughs> but what we do is, we want to go into the Scripture and we want to pull out these general elements and then I want control of my life. I, I want to give you a clear understanding of the choice here. That's not the choice. That is not a choice. That is no different than choosing to completely reject God. Because you are choosing to be in control. And the gift of Holy Spirit will absolutely fill you and bring you joy, but your life will no longer be about yourself. But here's the beauty of it. The beauty of it is, is that as you turn it over to Him, He's going to bless you with things that just He knows are inside your heart. Just because just He's a loving Father. But as long as you pursue it and you're grabbing at it, He's not going to do it because He loves you. And He knows that that's your flesh. And He knows that that's the, 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 the problem is, is your flesh is in control. And I'm saying to you, you can be set free of your flesh. You can be. But you must turn it over to Holy Spirit and that means He's in control. I want to talk a little bit about how we do that. And in order to do that, we need to go back to a Scripture we used last week. And I, I want to touch a little bit more. It was Ephesians 5, for those of you uh, who were here or weren't here. Ephesians 5. And it talks about being filled with Holy Spirit. Because, again, Pentecost happened. Pentecost was needed. And, again, the difference is, it's not the gifts that we see, because they had gifts, okay? After Pentecost, what we see is we see people who were now willing to surrender their life. Peter, who was trying to protect his life, he's like, he's all in now. So that was the difference. Now the other thing we see is that as you look through Acts, it wasn't just a one-time deal. They continued to pray, fill us, Lord. And then in Acts 4, we see Holy Spirit coming and filling people who had already been filled. But what happened when they were filled is that, that this boldness came out. They're not concerned about themselves. They're concerned about the glory of God because He's in control. And so they just turn it all over. And so in Ephesians 5, once again, we see the command to be filled. It is a choice that we have. Now I want to talk about how that happens and what that looks like. Ephesians 5, I want to go straight to verse 18 and 19 and 20. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now just kind of recap again some things that we talked about last time. You know, what's the similarity between being drunk and being filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, it's lack of inhibition. Okay, When you come across somebody who is drunk, their inhibitions are gone. And what's ever inside of them... It comes out. Now, it's their flesh that's coming out. When I'm filled with Holy Spirit, I lose my inhibitions, but I don't lose my inhibitions for my flesh. 
I lose my inhibitions for the spirit that God has put in me. So suddenly, I become the person that I really want to be for God. Hear this. Some of you are in this place where you're stuck. You honestly want to serve God. You want to love Him in a way that you're not currently doing it. And you're frustrated and you don't know how. It's Holy Spirit. This is the key. You are, not, you are inhibited. You are constantly worried about what others think. And you are inhibited. And the way that that is overcome is through Holy Spirit. That's how it happens. Now I also want to say this. Because again, some of you coming from an evangelical background, you'll look on people who are filled with Holy Spirit and you'll say, they look like a bunch of idiots. You ever been uh, around a person who's drunk when you're sober? They are annoying. So annoying. I mean, seriously, I'm not trying to be mean here, but that's what happens to us. Okay? We get annoying. When you are a person who is not filled with Holy Spirit and you see others filled with Holy Spirit, and and again, there's a difference between filled with Holy Spirit and, and just being a fleshly whatever. Some people are just filled, they're, they're just being fleshly and they're calling it Holy Spirit. I am not saying that, okay? Big difference. I, that's, that's another sermon, okay? We're not going to talk about that. But even somebody who's filled with Holy Spirit, they're going to seem weird to you, okay? You know, when you talk about worshiping with songs and so on that you're reading here, and you see a person that's just engaged, and you're looking at them like, what is their problem? It's like they're on something. They're filled with Holy Spirit. They've lost the inhibitions, and their spirit is just coming out. So hear this. If you've never been filled with Holy Spirit, people who are just acting like you're not around and acting like God is their only audience, they're going to seem pretty annoying to you because you're not going to get it. So what do you do if you're in that place? Well, what you do first of all is you just simply ask, Lord, fill me. Fill me with Holy Spirit. And understand that when you say that, you're saying, Lord, I'm ready to surrender it. I'm ready to say, I don't have control anymore. You get control of my life. You get control of decisions. You get control of whatever. You have control. I'm no longer going to be worried about what everybody else is thinking around me. I'm no longer going to try to please other people. I'm not going to try to please my flesh. It's yours. Now again, that's not a one-time thing. This is a, a continual thing. Okay, That's where you start. Let's say you've done that. Let's say you've done that. Now where do you go? Because here's the thing. I can be filled with Holy Spirit and then I can, I can turn from Him and be like, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with the flesh and I'm going to just continue down that road. How do I battle things as they come? I've been filled with Holy Spirit, but I need Him like in control. Well, when you read in the Scripture, that's one of the things that it's talking about. In verse 19 where it says... It, Well, let me back up. It says, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a command. Be filled. Well, how do I do that? Well, then it says, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And then it says, give thanks for everything. When Holy Spirit is in control, these are some things that are going to happen. Just spontaneous things. Why? Because you're given over to the Lord. And and that's what He does. Uh, What did Jesus do with His life? He praised God. 
Why? Because that's, that's what the Trinity does. Holy Spirit was in control of him, and he just he praised God with his life. When Holy Spirit is in control of your life, that's what's going to happen. You're just going to you're going to be praising God wherever you go. Now, let's say though that that you're 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 George and you hit Bates Campground and some sucker just brided you, <laughs> okay, and it's starting to drift away. What do I do in that point? Well, one of the ways that we one of the things that we can do is just what this is saying. We start singing. We start singing to the Lord. We start to worship. And as we start to worship, Holy Spirit takes control. Why? And worship is so much more than singing, okay? But hear this. Singing and, and, and uh, I mean prayer and so on can all bring this. But here's what happens. Our hearts get engaged. We go beyond just this to this. It all gets engaged. That's, that's the beauty of music. Music takes us out of the place that we're only using this, and it incorporates all of it. And so all of a sudden, something is happening from our hearts. That's why we have a time in our worship service where we sing. Now, worship is not just singing. That's why we're sharing the Word. Okay, We're, we're, all, we're bringing it all together. But worshiping in song is an important part, and some of you don't like it because you want to be in control and you don't want Holy Spirit to have control. And why am I saying that? Because I'm a control freak. And I totally get it. I like to be in control. You're not going to see me... (laughs) I shouldn't say that. (laughs) If you see me flailing around being weird, you'll know... (laughs) It's something besides me. That is not my personality. Okay? Some of you are very outspoken. I am not. David's not here today. (laughs) David is an outspoken guy. You know if David's in the service or not, even if you don't see him, you will hear him. That's not me. Okay? I'm, I'm a very whatever. Uh, when we were at the men's retreat again, one of the guys speaking, he had words for different people, and he came over to me, and in my heart before he spoke, he said my name, and in my heart before he spoke, I said, if he says something about a book, I'm going to lose it. Because that's what God keeps speaking. And right, this guy does not, he knows who I am, but he doesn't know me. He goes, I see Jesus standing over you with an open book. And right then, what happened to me was so intense, I couldn't explain it. But you know what? I don't know if anybody could see it on the outside because I didn't, I didn't like fall over or whatever, but man, I was shaken intensely because God was doing something really intense inside of me. So here's my point. I'm saying that because this is who I am. I'm a control freak, okay? And I like to look like I constantly have it in control. You need Holy Spirit, okay? You need to lose inhibitions, okay? Go back to the junior high dance days. I was not the kid busting the move in the middle of the floor. Trevor probably was. I could see that. I was not that kid. But you know what? I wanted to be. I wanted to be free to express myself. I think that was an 80s song, wasn't it? 
I wanted to, but it wasn't within me because I'm so, I'm so concerned about what others think. It's a prison. It's a prison and you're going to die in it. Holy Spirit can set you free. And you know what? You don't have to deal with the consequences of the drunkenness of the wine or whatever it was. Instead, instead, it's something, it's something beautiful. It's like being one physically with your spouse. It's the difference between that and hooking up with the temple prostitute. In the moment, they might both seem kind of good, but the other one, man, it continues to be good. But the latter, it'll kill you. A slow death. You hear what I'm saying? This is what Jesus came for. This is what Jesus wants to give. So hear me, okay? For those of you, if you've been raised up in something that has caused you to be afraid, don't be afraid. If you've been raised up in something that has shown you a spirit that is not Holy Spirit, come to Holy Spirit. And how do you know the difference? By the fruit. Okay, What's the fruit of it? It's not about what gifts I can manifest. It's about what you see out of my life. Now in the midst of that, Gifts will be manifested because it's God. He gets to do what He wants. Sometimes He's going to do things just to insult your intelligence because He wants to take your pride down a few notches. So the choice is yours. Fire. Friend or foe. Holy Spirit wants to be friend. He wants to come in and He wants to be like that furnace. He wants to start something really good in you that spreads warmth and life to others that others would come to. But if you say no, it means living a cold life and you try to pretend that you got the fire, but you don't. And then in the end, you die out and then you get thrown in the fire. But this time, it's a fire that destroys. I pray that you choose Holy Spirit, the fire now. So we're going to have a time of ministry. We're going to play a couple songs, and I just ask that you engage the Lord. Okay, Invite Holy Spirit. Invite Him to fill you, and then, and then listen. Respond to Him. Okay, And again, use the Word. Okay, How do I know if Holy Spirit's leading me? Use the Word. You've got to have the Word. Okay? The, the Word is like the parameters okay, for the fire. And, and some people that want to produce their own fire, they're like, I don't even need the Word now because i got the fire. Mm. If you don't have parameters like the furnace, the fire destroys. That's what happens. But don't be afraid of Holy Spirit. If you would stand, please. I'm going to pray. Jesus, thank You that You... You sacrificed Your life and You died to pay for our sins. And I pray if there's one here who's never received that, that they would receive that. But that's not the end of the story. You said that You would baptize us and that means immerse us in Holy Spirit. And that means, <laughs> that means we go under. 
And you can't see us anymore. You just see You. You, Holy Spirit. So I pray for anyone sitting here who's never said, Holy Spirit, take control. Fill me. I pray that those words would be uttered in their heart to You right now. And that You, Lord, will respond. And we know You will. And for the one who's maybe tried to take back control of the reins, <laughs> to try to maybe use You, Lord, but yet still be in control and it's not working, I pray that they would drop them. They would drop them and just surrender and let You have control. This is Your time, Lord. It's all Your time. You created time. We just pray that You would be glorified. In Jesus' name.